Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poor, and my guest today is Larry Rolson, a Times Union reporter, and he's a business reporter, and he's going to talk about how the coronavirus will change employment in this country. So, Larry, first of all, how are you? Oh, I'm well, Cynthia. I'm, uh, like everyone else, sheltering in place, working, and uh, just trying to do the best I can to report on the coronavirus and its impact on the the region and the economy the best I can. So I hope you're well, too. Now, last week we did a show, and you talked about the fact that you're undergoing chemo. Has there been any on uh, either online or phone support systems to help people who are undergoing uh, chemotherapy right now? Because that's got to be pretty daunting. Yeah, you know, instead of meeting with our doctors or nurse practitioners like we typically would do before our chemo sessions, they've been offering telemedicine calls or the doctors call you, if your case, especially if your case is... Um, uh complex so that that's been the big change uh so instead of uh seeing your doctor it's a phone call now and you're not seeing them in the office which it makes sense i mean that that those conversations are typically about your symptoms and maybe going over blood work i mean i'm still getting the blood work before chemo but uh Mm -hmm. the, the conversations are taking place usually after the appointment so that's been the biggest change but otherwise They've just been trying to accommodate. I know our office is consolidated, uh, my chemo office consolidated with other locations, I think, mm-hmm. um, to deal with the coronavirus. But uh, So there's more workers there, medical workers, actually, than there were before. So it's kind of interesting. Wow. So there's a, there's a surge in frontline workers to help out, but the doctors are sort of uh, calling us now and doing telemedicine, which um, I actually think is going to be – used a lot more in the future. Wow. So um, we're, we're going to talk about employment and the coronavirus. So, okay. so far in you assessing what's going on, you know, what is going on, um, how is empl- the employment situation right now? From what I can tell, I'm seeing an employment I was seeing layoffs. It's interesting. It's not just restaurants. Now, the capital region, for whatever reason, I think because there's so much government employment compared to other regions, if you look Mm -hmm. at the State Department of Labor has a website where people, where companies that do mass layoffs, meaning large numbers of their employees, um, post the layoffs, it's it's not just restaurants. It's, It's restaurants. It's places where people congregate, like theaters, but it's also um, medical companies that are doing uh, less uh, optional health uh, procedures and, like, for, you know, your pediatrician, things like that where they're doing more telemedicine and there's less need for um, people in the office. And then there's also, like, car dealers are are laying off or furloughing workers for a while. It's it's all across the um, the spectrum. But I think in Albany, I'm seeing 
less of it than the rest of the of the state. Like if you look at the uh, temporary layoff filings, the majority are from New York City, obviously. But then I see tons from like the Finger Lakes, um, Central New York, and other places. Uh, so it's interesting. I think that we're getting less hit in the capital region, but it's pretty bad. I mean, these layoffs are extraordinary. Um, the, I saw like a Sealy mattress factory in Green Island had to furlough everybody because no one – Those I think those mattresses are made to order pretty quickly so that the mattress stores don't have huge inventory. And mm-hmm. I think the Sealy, the Sealy mattress factory in Green Island, for instance, furloughed like over 100 workers, probably the whole factory till because they're probably not having people come in and look at mattresses at their stores. So that's just been a huge yeah. surprise. I You never would expect it. I mean, so that's been interesting. It's This ripple effect goes all the way up to manufacturing in some cases, which is you just never see this. Uh, usually if there's a, a mass layoff in the capital region, it's something global, like global trade impacted it or you know, GE or some other company manufacturers closing a line, a production line because of something happening on the international uh, level. To see this, I've never seen it before, where just broad sectors of the economy are being impacted, and I don't know when those furloughed workers are coming back. Now, are the malls closed, like Colony Center and, and Cross States, are they totally closed and are all the shops in the malls shut down? That's a good question. I believe so, but I could be wrong. I haven't checked on that lately. I, someone else at the Times Union did that story, but I'm pretty sure there's nobody in the, the malls. And I think the restaurants are maybe doing some takeout, but those retail stores are all closed. And the 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 worst thing about this virus outbreak, the pandemic, is it's mostly hourly workers that are on the low end of the wage scale that are being impacted. So it's not just 30% unemployment. It's the most vulnerable part of our population that's being furloughed that can least afford to weather the storm. I mean, it's not like we're seeing uh, bankers or stockbrokers that can work from home or lawyers that can work from home being um Lay off. It's the hourly workers that probably a lot of times are making minimum wage or pretty close to it. That that's what worries me the most. To have the 30% population that's finds it the hardest to get, scrape by. I think that's going to be really the toughest thing. And uh, like I think you think, uh, the after this is over, it's not like they're all going to be hired back. Right. So um, the malls are closed. The you said that the um, car dealerships are they closed or uh, are on uh, or are they on a uh, are they cutting back and not totally shutting down? I think they're doing everything by phone or um, online. They're trying to get people. If you notice the commercials, people can get home delivery of cars, and the deals are amazing. I think they're they're. They're probably able to get along, do that with like a skeleton crew that uh, either works in the dealership. But, you know, I see these mechanic shops are closed for auto repairs a lot of times. And, um, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of layoffs and furloughs that aren't showing up on the Department of Labor 
uh, war note, the uh, layoff notices, because those are for companies. Um, they have to be pretty large if you're like under 50 employees. You don't have to report. But I bet the mm-hmm. majority of the layoffs are with these tiny companies like restaurants and bars, where you know they can't, they don't need as many, uh, they don't need any bartenders or wait staff. Those people are the right. ones who sit home, and then. Um, so the car dealers, I think, are in the same position. They don't need as many salespeople because no one's coming into the dealerships. I, uh, I believe uh, um, they're just trying to incentivize people to buy online and that you can get it delivered just like you get your food delivered of the car shop. Yeah. But I've seen tons of car dealers uh, uh, across the state uh, furloughing workers. That's been interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and all the gyms are closed. You know, there's a, a good number of gyms in the yes, capital yes. and they're all shut down. Yeah. And it, it, it's truly amazing. Um, so long term, what do you think? Uh, well, I think what's going to happen is, and I, I think the companies are going to say, okay, we're trying to prevent as many layoffs as we can right now. And we might have to furlough people. We'll bring them back. But in the end, they're going to realize that they could get by with fewer workers. And so these workers that were doing non-technology jobs that couldn't work from home, that had to be in person, I feel like that, you know, when we're talking 30% unemployment, I don't think that's ever going to get back to – it's going to take years for these people to transition into new jobs because these companies are going to realize, hey, we can do – a lot more with less now because we tried it out with the COVID-19. And then they'll, a lot of companies probably will also scale back, like doctor's offices even. They're going to go, well, geez, we could do a lot more telemedicine. It's a lot more cost-effective. We don't need to check someone in at the front desk. We could do all mm-hmm. their billing by online. I think that that's what I've heard. I've talked to some software companies, and they're saying, well, it's fine. Our workers are used to going uh, working from home. We can tele-commute, uh, but the rest of the population is going to have to learn how to do this too. I think it's going to be a huge transition where unless you're in a job that's somehow attached to technology, you might not get your job back after this is all over. It's kind of scary. I mean, um, and then there's just going to be like I think you had talked before, What's the, uh, you know, they're going to have lost all this money and they're going to have to scale back anyway. Companies are going to be shrinking uh, their size and they're definitely not going to be spending as much money on advertising and other things. I mean, the whole uh, newspaper industry itself is grappling with, uh, they're losing all this ad revenue. So in, in a lot of ways, let's say a TV station selling less ads and um, they, they might and not bring back all those salespeople when this is over. Same for um, newspapers. I, I don't know what the future holds, but they, newspapers might rely more on subscriptions than um, ad revenue going forward. Same might apply for uh, magazines and other types of media. I mean, free over the free TV is different, um, but uh, – and then there might be consolidation of media companies that you'll see and probably consolidation of other types of companies. So I worry that this is over. The average worker that's out of work now 
I'd be very wary of them getting back in the workforce. I mean, are they going to get rid of pie? Internships are going to be less desirable because it's just more people in the office that could be susceptible. Um, you know, I had some other ideas. I, I, I'm also worried there's going to be these wave of COVID-19 lawsuits that are going to really uh, be great for the attorneys, but uh, it's going to cause co- – a lot of companies are going to be sued uh, for their response to the epidemic, I think, unless there's some sort of, you know, overall program that gets these people compensated some other way. Do you think the federal government is going to step in? And, you know, they're saying the 30% figure is comparable to the uh, Great Depression of 29. Yeah. And, you know... Unfortunately, you know, I was talking about this yesterday. You know, um, Roosevelt did the WPA and a couple of other programs, but it was ultimately the Second World War that got us out of the Depression. Yeah. And that's a frightening thought. Do you yeah. think it would take an, an, another war <laughs> to, to make America like it used to be? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I just look at the military being all volunteer now, and um, I doubt there'd be any taste for a draft where it'd be fully mobilized. I mean, we seem to be able to fight multiple wars on multiple fronts right now, and I would, God, hope there wouldn't be any total, you know, governments fighting over, you know, the virus impacts, like, you know, mass refugees. I mean, I, I... I think that it's just going to take years for the economy to readjust. I think there'll be this high unemployment figure for a while, especially among the young. I mean, I feel like the young are the ones – I'm I'm getting emails from parents saying their kids who just got out of college are filing for unemployment. I mean, that's so rare in this country when we had low unemployment. All these people were either in internships or if they wanted to work, they could get work, train. I think that we really probably have to focus, though, as a country on changing um, work development programs, getting more people involved with technology jobs. I mean, there's a huge market for software developers, and I know that the local software development um, community is looking at this as an opportunity to get more people that are unemployed, unfortunately, um, trained in software development because that we have a huge lack of that in the U.S. and in the capital region, especially compared to other parts of the country. Whereas, so a lot of these um, software development companies can't find local employees. I mean, if, if these people that are getting laid off as dishwashers and mm-hmm. waiters and car salesmen uh, really want to, there's definitely a need for people to get in the tech sectors where they can work from home, where they work doesn't matter, and they're tied in to the economy in a much more maybe sustainable way if there is future outbreaks. I mean, if this becomes a seasonal thing, there might be furloughs, layoffs on a seasonal basis. It could be a a horrible um, cycle. Um, So that's my impression, Um, you know, We'll see. I, I also worry, in addition to the layoffs, 
um, I'm expecting a huge increase in bankruptcies, which will be interesting. I, you know, I, they're probably. I would assume if it gets really bad, there might be some push to reform the bankruptcy laws because if you know now, I mean, they got changed. I don't know if it was the 90s. Um, they make it much much less um, uh, desirable for the average consumer to file for bankruptcy. It really puts the uh, onus. Uh, the, the higher standards for filing for bankruptcy have made it tough for some people to get relief under the bankruptcy code like they used to in the past. Maybe that I know mm-hmm. that might be eased up, especially with student loans. You know, the, I'm glad you just said that because one of my pet issues is uh, student loans. Before this crisis started, there were 44 million Americans, 44 million that had student loans. Mm. And, you know, the bankruptcy protections were taken away from these people. So given the fact that there might not be enough employment to go around, um, something's got to give. These these people have to have some relief. And, you know, if there's going to be no bankruptcy protection, bail out the big corporations, but stick it to the little guy, that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to stomach the corporations getting money. And then, I mean, these people with student loans, I mean, there might, they're, got it. There must be, those are the people who are still paying them are at the beginning of their careers in a lot of t- cases. Right. They'll never get out. if they. And, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't dissolve your student loans through the bankruptcy process. Those stay with you. Um, you got to pay them just like your pay your taxes. So uh, uh, it's really tough. Uh, you know, there should be maybe some modification. Maybe if you get into certain fields, they'll be like medicine. They'll be forgiven. I mean, my wife is in public health, and there's programs for people in those fields to have their student loans forgiven. My wife never qual- never was able to get those um, forgiven, but other her colleagues were. The the standards are really high. Uh, she works at U Albany, and um, people that were at more let's just say higher funded universities like Johns Hopkins and Harvard got their student loans uh, liquidated. Whereas she being at Albany that doesn't have as much federal funding, they got, they were, she was ranked lower than them, even though, you know, she's doing just as much for public health as anyone else. So it's just interesting. I, I think that there's, it's always favors. These programs always seem to favor the rich or the richest. Yeah. What's scary about it is, you know, you put the TV on. I spoke to a friend in uh, New York City the other day who lives near Central Park, and he was talking about all of the makeshift hospitals that are being built, and he hears sirens, and nobody knows the extent of the horrific, how horrific this will be, when it will end, and nobody knows about the future, the future of uh, well-being and being able to live decently. And right now, everything is so frightening. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, I know. It's very scary. I, I, uh, 
don't know what the future is going to hold. I mean, imagine if, uh, let's say we all uh, go back to normal and then there's another outbreak. Where do we all go back into this? And then uh, I do think there's some, you know, what if there's civil unrest in some of these cities and things get out of control and if the hospital systems break down, it's it's very scary. I, in a lot of ways, I've been watching all these um, documentaries lately on World War II. It's so similar where, you know, these people in London or then people in Germany were getting, you know, they were bombing the cities and everyone had to leave their houses or uh, they they lost their jobs. Everything was disrupted. It's very, it feels very similar, like you said, to World War II where, People's lives are just drastically changed all of a sudden, and I'm, man, I'm not comparing this to you know the Blitzkrieg or the bombing of Berlin and all that, but uh, definitely um, those people never return to their homes, and a lot of people here aren't going to return to work, and uh, who knows? Are we going to stop shaking hands? There's going to be definitely behavior changes that are going to take place, and it's going to be disrupted, I think, in the days when they start loosening the regulations for stay-at-home, there's going to be a lot of people that go too far. There's going to be a lot of blame on people. And, you know, I'm just thinking even if they send the kids back to school, does that mean we send our kids back up playdates? Maybe that's not a great idea, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to resume their full activities right away. I don't know if it's going to be the right thing to do, but I do worry. I mean, right now, I, where there's no school for our kids through April, but God, if in Massachusetts they already canceled for the whole year, what if they do that here? Uh, right. I don't know if I could right. take that till what June, and then well, mm-hmm. you know, I normally put my kids in summer camp, so it's it's going to be life is not going to go back to normal, and I worry people aren't going to have a defined definition of what it should look like. Right. The definition has been thrown out the window. Yeah. So, uh, as far as state employment, uh, is the majority of state employees working from their homes? How, how much of the state workforce has to go to the office? Uh, uh, it's got to be under seventy. It's got to be under twenty-five percent as far as the governor's. Didn't the governor say 75%? Now, I think that I know some a lot of people who are in, say, the Department of Health, they're going in that are deemed, like, totally essential. But a lot of them are mm-hmm. working from home. Um, just depends which agency they're in. If they're in the Department of Health, they seem to be working really. Some of them are going in. I don't know what percentage it is, but it's probably pretty low that are going in. Now, I know um, – so – some of the other reporters have done more of that reporting, so I'm not totally aware. But I would assume mm-hmm. that anyone attached to the executive branch, um, there's a lot of people that are still going in, and hopefully they're doing social distancing. I, if they can work from home, great. I, I don't know what the, the the total percentage is, but the people I know that are working state government, just normal jobs, they're working from home, and um, mm-hmm. they're probably getting by pretty well. Um uh, it just depends on their role, especially if they're somehow related to COVID-19. I'm thinking they're probably – there's probably a lot of workers, I would assume, maybe in the uh, Corning building where the Department of Health is, but I could be wrong on that. I, I, I'm not as tied in with state government as I am with other companies. 
But uh, you know, the the companies that I know that are uh having workers are like the GE manufacturing, whereas mm-hmm. like the research the research scientists unless they're doing lab tests and stuff at G Global Research can work from home. Like the people who don't have direct, you know, lab duties and um you know, like over at SUNY Polytechnic there's a lot of people still going into work. We just had there was some people were actually complaining about what was going on at SUNY Poly, but uh a lot of that is deemed essential work for uh these companies. Um but most of the researchers and scientists that don't have direct they're not making chips in the lab I can work from home but or if they're professors. But uh I think there's probably uh more people that go into work than people think, but it's definitely a skeleton crew I would hope. Well, I live right across the street from Empire State Plaza. So last week I walked into the concourse. It was like walking into a ghost town. Mm. And I live, you know, the Madison Avenue exit. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not too far from the health department. I didn't see a lot of people. Mm. Of course, they were probably in their offices, but amount of people as you would normally see. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yep. I would hope there wasn't a lot of people in the, uh, down in the concourse. That would scare me. seems like that was a lot of... And, you know, you're, you're, you're wondering if you've got to make a phone call to a business, you, you, you've got to wonder, will they be there? Will I get an answering machine? Sure. And I think that's pretty pretty nerve wracking right now. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. if uh, it's something. You, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are people who need to buy a car or need to need to fix their car. Yeah, it's really tough. I think that uh, there's probably tons of uh, worry about that, and I don't know how that's going to improve. It's one thing if you know you can't get in touch with your local restaurant for delivery or takeout, or but um. I did notice also the you know the supermarkets are like the twenty four hour supermarkets are closing overnight for sanitation and um, mm-hmm. to clean up and then restock their shelves. I mean that might become they might that become a new norm where they need drastically fewer workers because they're just going to have shorter hours. They learn they can get by uh, mm-hmm. doing more deliveries. Um, you know, and those delivery jobs aren't really high paying and. Um, but you know those people that man the um, you know the checkouts—they're gonna—I think the, those are the type of people that are gonna find less work moving forward. We're gonna sort of the Amazon is you know gonna be the unfortunately this whole idea of home delivery and fewer people touching your product before you get it. I think is gonna be right. unfortunately. I think Amazon is gonna benefit, which. Uh, we all know they sort of have crushed the retail sector anyway already. Unfortunately, well, I think people are going to get, depend on home deliveries. Home, you know, It'll be great for drivers, but they don't make a lot of money. Right. So, um, Larry, it's, our time is up, and okay. I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, so thanks. Give yourself, a little, give yourself a little plug. Oh, yeah, so... Uh, Larry Rules is a reporter at the Times Union, a business writer. You can find all our coverage on timesunion.com, and I hope you read the paper and I hope you subscribe.
Thank you. And I'm Cynthia Poole. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Larry, we'll talk soon. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have a great day. Thanks.